Welcome back. I'm long time since we published a podcast. The truth is we've been busy planning trips and journeys for our travelers. It is a very busy season. Christmas holidays, New Year's celebrations and winter getaways. So really, really had no time to record. It's so interesting that we have to tell you in this episode as we collected cool facts about the names of the cities and countries. Prepared some vital tips for Portugal, have some interesting stories about us, and of course, about the most important part of this time, Christmas markets. An interesting story happened to our clients uh, who went to visit uh, Portugal recently. We planned their initial trip for six days as an introduction to Portugal, as it was their first time and they wanted to see Porto and Lisbon and had only six days. But they loved the country so much that on the fifth day of their journey, they reached out and asked us to add one more week in Portugal. We had to react very fast and plan everything for them in two days, but it was amazing. They had a fabulous time and totally fell in love with this country. And today we are raising this topic because Portugal is sometimes underrated and is seen as just Porto and Lisbon, when it's definitely not. Portugal is a gem. That's totally true. The variety of activities, places, food, drinks and sightseeing this country offers is fascinating. In order to start, it is important to mention that Portugal is not just Porto and Lisbon, it is much more. So if you fly to one of those cities, we recommend checking what is nearby. For example, from Porto you can easily go to Douro Valley for a river cruise, wine tasting, take a picturesque train ride and grant yourself a relaxing spa therapy. Take a day trip to the neighboring Braga, not so popular, but a very interesting city that has its secrets to surprise you. Or you can go further south to a colorful fisherman's village, Aveiro. Okay, you better write it all down, not to miss all the fabulous gems in Portugal. So take a ride in Moliseiro, a traditional colorful boat in Aveiro, or go to an even more colorful Costa Nova, a charming oceanfront village. If you fly to Lisbon, you have so many exciting places around to visit and if you are limited in time, you have to choose wisely. Or maybe rent a car to drive from Porto to Lisbon to see all those breathtaking spots along the way. Coimbra, the city with the oldest university in the country and one of the oldest in Europe. Nazaré with the marvelous ocean views from the cliffs. Peniche, a famous surfer spot. And not only, it is one of the best ocean experiences we had in Portugal when the heavy waves strike the cliffs and you feel feel how the ground under feet literally shakes. Obidouche, a middle-aged treasure surrounded by the fortress, uh, famous for its cherry liquor, not the fortress, but the city is famous for its cherry liquor, uh, Ginginha. Oh yeah, we will get to it later. Yeah, fabulous oceanside panorama in Azenias do Mar. This is actually just what we did the first time visiting Portugal. We rented a car in Porto and then went on a journey through the beautiful places this country offers. So from Lisbon, you have to go to Cabo da Roca, the westernmost point of Europe, to Sintra in order to visit charming colorful houses, and Cascais to indulge into the Riviera vibes. I would also pair a Lisbon with visiting Algarve or Algarve was uh, going to Sevilla. Um, this is a great combination of experiences in South Portugal and Spain. If you have more time to dedicate to your Portugal journey, you just have to go to Monsanto. 
a charming, unique, fascinating village cut in stones right near the border with Spain. Marvelous and unforgettable experience. We spent a night in the house practically carved in stone and it was wow. Do you know what is also wow in Portugal? Definitely cuisine. Yeah, right. There's so many things to try here in Portugal that you need to come here hungry. Yeah. I would say my favorite Portuguese dish is definitely pastéis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, considering, for sure. Yeah. Considering how many of those we eat when we come to Portugal, pastéis de Natal, pastéis de Belém, get it all. And when we talk about a real dish, I would pick bacalhau as my favorite. Yes, yes, yes. This is cod, which is traditional food. In Portugal, you will find over 300 ways to serve and cook cod fish. It's so interesting that cod, despite being the traditional fish of Portugal, is important from other countries. Octopus is another common seafood in Portugal. For this, try lagareiro. It is a cooking method when the dish is cooked in the oven in a large amount of olive oil and seasoned with garlic and salt. Octopus is traditionally served with baked potatoes. When it comes to drinks, Get Ginginha, traditional cherry liquor also served in small chocolate cups. So first you drink the liquor and then eat the cup to pair the delicious tastes. However, this tradition is not that old. It started in 2002 during the chocolate festival in Obidush. Many locals consider the Ginginha from Obidush to be the best. Perhaps due to a special recipe, the berries harvested in this region are special and then they're soaked for at least one year and then the liquor is made without the use of artificial colors and preservatives. Traditionally, Ginginia is produced in four regions using the local types of cherries and special recipes specific to the area. Also, add to your list regu, francesinha, grilled sardines, caldo verde and percebes. And to tickets to Portugal, please. <laughs> we yeah. have an article on our website about the food and drinks to try in Portugal. And the link you can traditionally find attached in the description of this episode. Or, as always, in our Telegram post related to the episode with all the illustrations and useful visual tips. Oh, and if we accidentally pronounce the names incorrectly, our apologies. Sometimes it's really hard with different languages, uh, with country or city names. Well, yeah, for example, Paris in Ukrainian is pronounced Paris. It's not the worst that can happen, though, with the names in different countries. Really, when we were in Sardinia, we watched football and found out that Munich in Italian is called Monaco di Baviera. Well, Monaco! <laughs> yeah, it probably can be confusing uh, to take a train from Italy to Monaco and ending up in Munich. <laughs> well, when also, which is München, is originally in German. And Milan in Polish is Mediolan by its Latin origin, which always makes me feel uh, like going to some old historical place when I see the name on the screen in the airport. Yeah, and Austria is Österreich in German language and the real name of Georgia is Sakartvelo, which they try to establish worldwide as the name Georgia is just a translation from the Russian name of this beautiful country. Also, Montenegro bears the Italian version of its name internationally, being originally Cernagora, that literally means Black Mountain, most of the world knows it, it by the name given by Venetians as Monte Negro. 
Oh, and so many names are there that are mixed, confused, misunderstood, or just remained by the original version at some places, while others implemented the international one. Oh, you know well, my favorite city name confusion in different languages? No, really no. It's uh, Lille, a French city in the east of France, close to Belgium and the Netherlands. Lille. And what is it? Reisel in Dutch. No, no, no. Seriously? Wow. It's so interesting. Say it again. <laughs> Reisel. Maybe I pronounced it wrong, but the, same, but the idea is that they don't even sound the, the similar or, you know. Lille is Reisel. Yeah, it's because the name of the city means the island and, and the French and Dutch just call it by its name in their language. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's um, also like, uh, not like, but uh, also Mumbai is uh, still sometimes called Bombay because it was the name of the city until 1995. Whether it is an anglicized version or the name derived from Portuguese phrase Bombaya, meaning good bay, it is not correct to call it Bombay. The only right name is Mumbai. Oh, and the city names. There is actually interesting story how the name of the city was decided just by the coin toss. Can you guess which one? I um, have no idea. Portland could have been named Boston. No way. <laughs> so according to the story, the clearing that it was called back then founded by lawyer Asa Lovejoy and Francis Pettigrew. The site that would become Portland did not have a name as founders were arguing about how to call it. So Pettigrew insisted the town be named Portland after the city in Maine. Lovejoy wanted to name the settlement after his hometown, Boston. In order to settle the dispute, the two founders decided to flip a coin, winning two out of three tosses. Pettigrew got his way and gave Portland its name. No, it's so interesting, really, those uh, stories and names, it's, yeah, fascinating. It is this time of the year when streets turn into the magic of lights. People decorate their homes and the marvelous atmosphere is all around in the air. And the most important part of this time is Christmas market. Christmas in Europe is celebrated differently, depending on religious traditions, regional peculiarities, or personal preferences. For example, Roman Catholic Christmas is celebrated on December 25th and Orthodox and Greek Catholics celebrated on the 7th of January. Despite this, Christmas markets are held almost everywhere during November and December. It is believed that Christmas fairs first appeared in Austria as the earliest registered information about Christmas market is the December fair of 1294 in Vienna. Can you imagine how long ago that was? Yeah, it's so interesting how they looked like uh, those Christmas, like the December fair and what people actually did there. Okay, I tried to find as much information as possible regarding this topic and there is not that much actually. The Austrian Duke Albrecht I gave the city residents the right to hold the December fair on the central square. What we can say for sure is that it was a December market where people sold seasonal products, baked and preserved foods, meat and handcrafted winter goods, like clothes. This type of fair became popular throughout neighboring countries and since the Middle Ages, towns in the German-speaking part of Europe have held Christmas markets in their central squares. That consequently got the names from the markets and are called Marktplatz. Dresden's Stritzelmarkt was first held in 1434. The Christmas market of Bautzen was first held in 1330. 
84 and Christmas market in Frankfurt was in 1393. Eventually, fairs became popular in Europe in general, but the Austrian capital holds the title of the oldest Christmas market. Yeah, interesting, very interesting. In the 16th century, the Christian Reformation began in Europe and the tradition to decorate a Christmas tree at home was first introduced. By the way, the first decorated Christmas tree in the city square was documented in 1510 in Riga. Around this time, Christmas markets uh, had transformed into what we are used to see these days. Markets were located in squares and consisted of numerous shops in the form of wooden houses. They began to sell not only the goods necessary for winter, but also seasonal sweets, decorations and gifts for Christmas. Sausages and milled wine, ginger cookies also have become traditional at German fairs as well. The biggest Christmas markets in Europe are held in Cologne, Köln, Vienna, Budapest, Prague, Strasbourg and many, many other cities. All of them have a lot in common, but each of them has something special. For example, the traditional attribute of the Christmas market in Vienna is a glass of a special design created every year. Traditional delicacies of Strasbourg Christmas market include candied gingerbread and flambe, an open pizza-like pie filled with white cheese, bacon and onion mixed with sour cream. The main feature of the Dresden Christmas market is a parade with a giant Dresden Christstollen. Dresden Stollen, a huge cake uh, weighing three to four tons with raisins and powdered sugar. Brussels Christmas Market is a feast for foodies. Different types of beer, mussels, oysters, waffles, chocolate and escargot. While in Prague, Christmas is one of the tastiest holidays. You can taste fish soup, traditional potato salad served with the main Christmas dish, fried carp and various sausages with savory sauces, fried chestnuts and knuddles, local dumplings and like all the 20 varieties of them. Christmas time is indeed charming and every city has something unique and lovely to present, so you just have to choose where you want to go. Or ask us for help with planning your trip. Uh, well, uh, I must actually admit that uh, this episode is all about food. <laughs> First, Portugal food and Christmas. is alive. Yeah, so. we're going to Berlin this weekend, so you can follow our small trip on Instagram and see which Christmas markets we will visit and what else you can do in the German capital at this time of the year. Stay tuned, check the Telegram post, like this episode and follow us for more interesting travel information. Thank you for staying with us.